Till the tears run down from my eyes Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody Can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Fantasy Golf Podcast presented by 18 Birdies, the number one golf app in the App Store. Download it today. This is our preview for the Fort Worth Invitational from Colonial. Let's get it going. What's up, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading the Tour Junkies podcast. Pat and I are here to break down the Fort Worth Invitational from Colonial. It's a wonderful golf tournament. We're going to give you everything you need to know, including a great course breakdown, I might add. All the key stats, the strategy, the plays that we like, the plays that we don't like, and just some good old conversation about golf. That's what we're here for. We're also here to bring a little bit of entertainment. So tonight we're going to talk about Lucas Glover and his crazy wife. That's a good one. A lot of bleeps in this one. And then we're also going to talk to you about Pat's son and his poor, poor, ignorant son. That's what we're going to talk about. So you want to to stand by for that. As always, the podcast is brought to you by our friends at 18 Birdies. Here's what I love about 18 Birdies myself when I'm playing real golf. Every course in the country you can find on 18 birdies. If you can't, there's a problem. You just shouldn't be playing it. It'll tell you your your yardage. It's got a great GPS feature, but you can keep track of your fairways hit, your greens and regulation, your putts, your up and downs, your sand saves. All that good stuff is easily tracked very quickly during the round in the 18 birdies app so that then you can go back and really figure out where your game needs to improve. Go and download it today. If you use promo code TOURJUNKIES, you get one free year of premium access on 18 birdies. That's one free year of premium access access with promo code TOURJUNKIES. So go check it out in the App Store and all over the place. There you go. Enjoy the podcast. May your screens be green. Thanks for downloading. Here is the Fort Worth Invitational from Colonial. What's going on, golf addicts, the tour junkies coming at you? It's your boy, DB. I got Pat Perry waiting. We are fired up for the Fort Worth non-sponsored invitational from Colonial, one of the longest-running golf tournaments ever. Pat, how's it going, buddy? I am good, man. I, how were, are you, were, you for, were you there for the first tournament at Colonial? No, I was not. I appreciate you. I'm not that old, man. Come on. Hmm. Um, hey, before we get to Colonial, we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Byron Nelson recap. Um, Aaron Wise. There's so many wise jokes going around the internet. I could kill somebody. Um, so we're not going to do that. But the 21 year old University of Oregon product, California kid, just absolutely. I mean, he just looked really good, man. Like, he looked really, really good. He's had some good events this year. Obviously finished second to Jason Day at the Wells Fargo a couple of weeks ago. But, I mean, Aaron Wise on Sunday, I mean, I watched most of it on Sunday. He just looked so in control, calm, cool, and collected. I mean, there's not enough that can be said these days about some of these young guns and just coming out ready to win early. And Aaron Wise 
I mean, I think finishing runner-up a couple weeks ago, he probably drew on some of that um, to close out the deal and, and kind of have that feeling that he had late on Sunday to keep off Mark Leishman. But, I mean, the kid just looked stone cold and played some really good golf. He really did. I, I was uh, I was kind of surprised, although we could see this coming at the Wells Fargo just a few weeks ago. But, yeah, I mean, the kid was just absolutely stunned. I mean, just did not really seem to let anything bother him down the stretch. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you saw his his uh, interview after, uh, which there's, there's a few funny things about that, but we can go back to that later maybe. But he did say he felt more nervous on Saturday than yeah, he did saw, on Sunday. Yeah, I heard him say that. Yeah. So, you know, he, he just looked comfortable out there i mean he he is he's definitely a talent that we're going to see win multiple times out here definitely going to contend for majors good for him though and and i'm with you uh, on these wise jokes that are out there they're a little bit annoying remember when i used to say weather wise all the time whenever oh yeah i do (laughs) you used to say that all the time before every weather break which now we spare everyone from the weather breakdown on monday weather wise but you should be like well, weather-wise, uh, blah, 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 wise, wise. It was all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like how you say again all the time now. And yeah. um, what's the other thing that we said that you say all the time? We talked about it last week, I think. Not not on the show, but I can't remember. Anyway, lots of wisecracks out there <laughs> <laughs> about Aaron Wise winning. We were not really on him. I mean, honestly... I. I didn't really have a lot of exposure to him. I wasn't like against him, but I just didn't have a lot of him. So, had a lot of Leishman, a lot of Jimmy Walker, a lot of Rory Sabatini, a lot of Keith Mitchell. I had a lot of Kevin Na. I know our chalk bomb was not. Uh, it, w- it was it was Kevin Na, so that didn't work out very well. But we had 26 players that we picked in the podcast. Eight missed the cut. Six finished in the top 10, and nine finished in the top 25. It was a it was a fun tournament. Yeah. Trinity Forest, you know the verdict's out. I mean, you didn't get the wind that we would typically get. It, um, it had a little rain to soften things up a bit. I think it could have played a lot more difficult than it did. But these guys really went to town on the weekend on Trinity Forest. But looks like an interesting golf course. I think you give it a couple years and see what happens. Um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock it too hard. So, I mean, I think. Strategy wise, I think we I think we did okay. Like we talked about strategy fading, wise, strategy wise, yes, strategy <laughs> wise. I talked about fading the top tier, and I really think that would have paid off. I mean, Jordan Spieth is the highest known golfer finishing what he finished like seventeenth or twenty first or something. I don't really think that helps you a whole lot. I was shocked to see Hideki play as well as he did, but I still, I mean, finishing T twenty one ninety nine hundred dollars. I don't really know it's worth it. Kucher obviously trunk slammed. Garcia trunk slammed. I think it was the right play to go in that mid-tier $9,000, $8,000 range and stack up on those guys. Um, I agree, and I, I, I went opposite. If, if you remember, I'm sure you do on the show, I was, I was kind of big on the, the studs and duds, and that just did not work at all. I had a decent amount of Sergio. Uh, definitely had some Spieth in there, a little bit of Hideki, who came around for me, which was good. But I really, when I was looking down at the, the bottom guys, when I was setting my lineups, that just – that killed me. That killed me. Aaron Bads was, you know, badly. Badly did hurt me. Yep. I had so, a good bit of him. But, you know, you live and learn. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. Forget the results of the Byron Nelson. Story of the week is easily Luke Glover's losing and his wife going a on him. Holy moly. Was that that's incredible. Like, by now, I think that story came out Monday. Or Tuesday. Did it come out Tuesday? I think it came out Tuesday. 
It was after the pod because it didn't come it was out after Monday, the podcast. We, we yeah. couldn't talk about it. We've been dying to talk about it all week. But by now, I'm sure everyone has read about Lucas Glover and his wife being arrested in front of their children after assaulting him and her mother-in-law. Um, all that that got started because of Lucas's MDF at the Players Championship, which apparently is a repeated thing that Mrs. Glover. Um, kind of loses loses her cool on Lucas when he misses a cut or doesn't play well, and I mean the cops were called the 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 police officer even handed Lucas Glover a pamphlet on domestic violence and abuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> she, I'm not she, laughing about abuse, by the way. I'm she just... resisted arrest, like. Um, like wrapping her legs around the car door of the cop car, trying to get like crazy stuff. I got so wrapped up in it on Tuesday reading about it. Unbelievable stuff. Like unbelievable. And I, where's the dash cam on this, by the way, we, we, we need, need some, we dash need some dash cam. I, I can't even believe it says a lot about Lucas that he is not retaliated on this chick, which I guess we don't know that he hasn't, but it feels like he hasn't, but it says a lot. Like if you were getting, I know just as a man in general, no matter what you do for work, you want to be appreciated, you want to be respected, you want to be, you know, uh, you, you just want to be, you know, appreciated for the work that you do day in and day out to provide for your family, whether you make 20 grand a year or like Lucas, you've made 20 million in your lifetime, you just want to be appreciated. And to come home to a woman that does what this chick does every time Lucas plays poorly and not eventually lose your cool. I, I, it says a lot about Lucas Glover, a whole lot about like props to him for not losing it on her. <laughs> I just can't even imagine like, I mean, now we know on some of these putts that he misses, I mean, he's got to have some, some nerves in there, but can you imagine like coming home from work and your wife is like, like <laughs> my wife and you know, I work in banking. You son of a, <laughs> I can't believe you didn't land that loan deal today. You are such a freaking <laughs> and just... Cindy called me and she said she said you didn't you didn't or you didn't earn her daddy's loan at, at the at the at the plant. You you're such a loser. <laughs> you, and then and then for you David. I mean like I mean it's just I mean you come home and how did you not land that software deal? Yeah. You son <laughs> What do you mean you got beat out by rate you <laughs> You 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 son of a <laughs> or, I mean, God bless us. Maybe she's maybe she's playing DraftKings on the side and she's seen Lucas Glover. Uh, maybe she follows him on Shot Tracker and he's hitting it to like, you know, six feet. And, and she's thinking next that she's going to see is, is, you know, shot three in the hole for a birdie. And then she sees shot four in the hole. And, and, and she's losing her over that. She's losing it. Or, or even worse, Shot Tracker, as we know, is so fallible that... I'm sure she's kind of she. Uh, Lucas probably walks in the door at some point. She's like, she's probably waiting in the door, arms crossed, toe tapping. Hey, what happened on number seven today? What happened on number seven with that three putt from eleven feet? A three putt from eleven feet? Are you serious, Lucas? How about and he's like, and he's like, honey, honey, it wasn't eleven feet. It was like sixty feet. My 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 first putt ended up at eleven feet, and then I missed the eleven footer. That's not what shot tracker said. You. 
You know, and, and, like then, and then a whole hole number nine. <laughs> you were on a par five. You hit a three hundred and twenty yard drive. You were t- only two twenty out, and it said you hit it zero inches. What <laughs> the f- did you miss the ball, you loser? <laughs> Get a shot tracker. You know that. I mean, he probably wants to sue Shot Cracker. Shot, <laughs> shot Tracker. Shot Cracker. Oh man, you've already he, got me. Yeah. Mm. He's probably he's probably sliding some stew on the side of the people that man the shot tracking uh, the devices just so they make him look good. So when he gets home, he doesn't get his <laughs> beat. <laughs> Freaking hey! Oh man, that was Poor that Lucas. was hilarious. Oh, one more funny thing that happened. Uh, it actually just happened very recently today, and that is. <laughs> I'm at work and I get this notification that so, that uh, Harrison Perry just um, subscribed to our YouTube channel, and I'm like, oh, that's nice, old Harrison. That's Pat's. That's Pat's son. How old is he? Ten. He's ten. He's yes. ten. Pat's ten year old son subscribed to our YouTube channel, and uh, and then I'm, and then I'll, next thing I get is uh, is is Harrison Perry commented on your uh, on your YouTube video. And I'm like, what did he comment? And it's on a video that I posted uh, last year for your 40th birthday. I took a video of my son, Collins, who at the time was six. He, and he, lo- he loves Pat. He thinks Pat's uh, you know, funny and he's his uncle, Pat, and all this stuff. So I told Collins to send Pat a, a birthday message. And Harrison got on there today and found this video. And I can imagine him sitting in front of the screen going, what? What? You know, he's like, a la Lucas Glover's wife. He's like, what the is going on here how come i'm not on the video and and he comments on the video and says why can't i be in one of these videos i'm pat's son exclamation point (laughs) (laughs) like it's like i don't know if he just thinks that youtube took this video and posted it or like i'm shocked he hasn't gone to you yet like did he meet you at the door this morning but i wanted to be like son this poor 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 boy who just doesn't realize that his father uh, tweeted this is more likely to give birth than successfully upload a YouTube video and post it on our channel. <laughs> so that's why he's not in any of the videos. If he were my son, he'd be all over them. But this poor child who's more technologically advanced than his own father is still living in blissful ignorance that his father just can't produce the YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, like, as soon as I got home, because you texted me, like, as I was, like, driving home from work, I walked straight upstairs. He was on his iPad, and I was like, son, listen here. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of good reasons why you're not in these videos, and, and I, will, I will work hard to make sure that you can get into some of these videos and I can learn how to do this. So um, I felt bad. I felt bad, and then, uh, but, you know. He's a good kid most of the time. Oh man, that I is think we've already stuff. cussed more on this this podcast than we have in in, in like the history of our. That's true. We history. have, but but we said we were going to do that tonight. Um, yeah, we did. And we'll just we're bleeping it out. So, but all right, no more because then that just adds more work for me. No more. Is that is that cool? Yeah, we can stop now. Okay. Um, we are giving away Pat. We're giving away. Giving it freely. We're giving away a Pod Bros t-shirt, an incredible bass. All right, that's the last one. Golby <laughs> ball marker. Listen, listen. All right, all right. We, need to have a, we need to pause in the podcast right now. A little PSA, okay? PSA. If you guys play real golf, whether you're a beginner, you've been playing for a little bit, you're a long-time player, 
if you play real golf, I'm going to help you out right now. I'm not trying to make fun of you. It may sound like that, but I just want to help you out. If you play golf and you mark your ball with a poker chip. Mm. Exactly. See, even Pat doesn't mark his ball with a poker chip. If you mark your ball with a poker chip, there you have to stop. You you just have to. It's like it would it's like wearing a it's like wearing a, a club brush on your belt or something. Like poker chip ball markers are the most cliche, overdone, overcooked, dumb ball marking device ever. We've all tried it, by the way. Let's, let's at, go at ahead some admit, point. I've, that's true. I've, had, I've, I've used true. it. I've that's used true. It. I'm admitting that, but that's, you know, I, I got to. over it. At some point, you you learn, you grow up, you realize. You know, I mean, we've all done a lot of things, right? But marking your ball with a poker chip is not good. So if that's you, then you have no excuse to not participate in this next giveaway. If you have a friend that does that. Direct them to the podcast, and uh, particularly this point of the podcast. We are giving away a Pod Bros t-shirt, okay, uh, which is a hilarious, it's a great t-shirt. It's on the website. You can go look it up, Pod Bros t-shirt. It's all of our friends and their nicknames that have been on the show. This was We did it a, a year or so ago. It's a fun t-shirt. We're giving away that, a ball marker, and a couple of stickers to the first, we got 20 more, to the first 20 People listening to this podcast that have not already, I'm sorry, people that have not already set up an account with mybookie.ag. If you go and create an account and do your minimum deposit, it's like 45 bucks. It's a safe transaction. It's very simple. Just put a credit card on there. It's easy. Bank debit card's not going to work. But if you go do that and you set up your account and then you email us info at tourjunkies.com, your new MyBookie account number, your t-shirt size, and your address. We will send all that to you for free. So it's really like you're getting like $30 worth of TJ swag for only spending 45 in MyBookie, and you may win that back, and it may make you a thousandaire, you know? Like you could, you could be winning Gs, yeah. and it's all this is free. Yeah, and let's just, I mean, again, these freak, I said again, again. <laughs> you know what? These ball markers, though, are just incredible. I love them. Um, the Pod Bros shirt, I think, is enti- just way underrated. Don't you think, David? <laughs> it's an underrated yes, shirt. Yes, very underrated. Uh, uh, so all, all the original, also under purchased, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is a good deal for sure. It's a good deal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, my bookie. It's you know, it's safe. We've we've both withdrawn from it. We've both deposited a couple times. You got to have a couple books to shop and look at, and uh, there you go. Now that sports betting is finally legalized, that's why we're doing this. We're celebrating the legalization of sports betting coming to the U.S. of A. Gosh darn it, I'm an American, and I want to blow my money on sports, and now I can do it freely. So you might as well go to mybookie.ag. And listen, the most important thing is when you sign up, you got to use promo code TOURJUNKIES. It's very easy, all one word. Promo code tour junkies, and not only do you get the ball marker, the T-shirt, and the stickers, but you also get a fifty percent deposit bonus as you play. It's super easy. It's a no-brainer. Just do it. All right, and then email us info at tourjunkies.com with your mybookie account number, your T-shirt size, and your address. There you go. First twenty. Next next twenty. We'll, we'll do that for. Let's make Pat busy shipping stuff. I will be getting out as quick as I can. Now we do have to get confirmation right yep. on the back end. So, so I'll take um, it once we yeah take once, till the once end of the month. Yep. Yeah. 
another real quick announcement. We have we, we talked about the new hat or the hats that are going to be restocked. The white Golby hat sold out on the website, so we're getting a restock of that. That will be here uh, in the next couple of weeks. But also, we announced on Twitter last week for all those of you who in the last three years since we started doing this whole thing, you have begged for, pleaded for, a visor. We are now getting a visor, two visors, to the TJ shop, and they should be here within the next few weeks. It's a white visor with Golby on the front and a green visor with Golby on the front, and they're the pro model, high whatever, wide brim, like frat boy visors. So if you like those, those are on the way. We're really excited about those. And I know, Pat, you're excited about those. You wanted those for a long time. I have. I have. I've wanted more polos and more visors or a visor, and I'm excited about it. I've had a lot of folks that have come up to me and saying, when are you going to get a visor in the store? Well, guess what? We got it coming. They look sharp. I'm excited about it. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get them in there. You know what goes really well with a nice classic visor? What's that? A really nice high test cigar, Pat. And we know Mm. just the folks to bring that to you. We talked about them last week. If you guys hadn't taken advantage, you need to. Got a little bit more time to do so. Good Cigar, Good Cigar, has now partnered with Tour Junkies. They're going to be your personal tobacconist. We used that word last week. I've enjoyed using it all week, Pat. Tobacconist. So you can celebrate when the occasion hits. It's good for golf trips, weddings, bachelor parties, and obviously it's graduation season. It's Father's Day coming up. We talked about it last week. Get your 17, 18-year-old son a nice, healthy cigar and celebrate. Sit out on the back patio with him. Talk to him about being a man. The next uh, phases of his life as he goes off to college. Share share that time with him with a really nice cigar pack from, uh, from Good Cigar. And it's not intimidating. It's not confusing. They make it really simple. You pick your strength, and they send you the top-shelf cigars at a great price. Okay, It comes with a humidor pack, so you can leave it in the pack for months, and it'll stay fresh. It comes with a cutter. It comes with instructions so you're not embarrassed, and so you can teach your boy the, the, the ways of the land. Right? Our forefathers have been doing this for decades. Right, Pat? I mean, they were doing this on the Mayflower. I'm sure they were doing this. They didn't, but they didn't have good cigar. Yeah, I love the. I really love the uh, the humidor thing. I mean, that's the thing that you know you got to keep them fresh. And here for me, we got Memorial Day coming up. I love Ooh, to grill be out on the boat too. Maybe I, yes. Yeah. I'm going to take that cigar, and I've got a little medium strength one that I'm going to. Yeah. I'm just going to. I'm not going to go high test because when you're on the boat, a little mid you, action. You don't want to. Yeah, a little mid action. Yeah. Um, so that's that's going to be me on uh, Memorial Day coming up this Monday. Can't wait. All you got to do is go to goodcigar.co. That's goodcigar.co. Okay, that's the hipster.com, but it's not .com. Drop the M. Yep. Yeah. Goodcigar.co and use promo code Tour Junkies. That's our go-to promo code. You could just about, you know, in a few years you'll be able to go just about any website and put in Tour Junkies as a promo code. You might get something. You just might get lucky. So you put in <laughs> promo code Tour Junkies. They're going to give you ten percent off any subscription that you set up for. You know, it's a really nice. Uh, it's a really nice thing to do, especially for dad or graduates. You know, hey, maybe even your daughter. Maybe she likes to do that. So you can try. You never know. You never days. know. Yeah. Um, all right, Pat. I think it is time to get to the down and dirty of the Fort Worth and Colonial, which is a beautiful golf course, a classic golf course, an old fashioned golf course, um, and it's the last stop in Texas for the for the 2017 2018 PGA Tour season. 
we uh, we need to know about it, Pat. We need you to tell us about the golf course and what it's going to take to play well. Well, as you said, we are at Colonial Country Club for the Fort Worth Invitational. It is. This is an awesome course. I love when we get on these classic courses. It has been a staple on tour since 1946. It is the second longest uninterrupted tenure outside of Augusta National. This is the complete opposite, by the way, of last week where we get a course that's never been played and it's only about three years old. This is not uh, a young course. It's it's incredibly old, but it's a good course. 7,209 yards. It's a par 70. This typically plays as one of the tougher uh, courses on tour. Last year, it was the seventh toughest. Um, I do think weather can play a factor, though, when it comes to that. Um, it's also historically yielded lower than the tour average as far as birdies and eagles. So I think scoring will be um, you know, a little bit tough to come by. It may be a little bit easier, though, because I'm seeing some benign weather conditions. Um, it's extremely tight. Tree-line fairways. The rough isn't too bad, but you've got to keep the ball in the fairways. Uh, I do think players will club down a decent amount this week. Um, you know, because bombing really is not a necessity unless you're John Rahm, who I don't know if you remember this last year, he just said he just bombed it over the trees and really didn't care about anything else. But, um, other than him, I do think you can club down, uh, but you got to hit these fairways. There's several dog legs, uh, actually 11 to be exact. Seven of them favor kind of a left to right ball flight, um, including the only par five on this course, which is reachable. Um, which is the first hole, and that is also kind of that left-to-right ball flight dog leg. Um, so I do like the guys that are comfortable working the ball, whether it's even right-to-left, left-to-right. Um, and, and and John Rahm is actually one of those guys that has said he loves that left-to-right ball flight. Uh, you got Bermuda grass from tee to green and then bent grass on the greens, and it typically you know plays uh, you know the, the greens roll true. You got average speeds. I don't think they're going to be incredibly quick. Um, these are very small greens, though, some of the smallest on tour. Uh, as far as looking at the, the holes in, in general, I mentioned there's, uh, you know, there's two par fives. One is reachable, playing 565, and then uh, hole 11 is 635, so I don't think that's one that they're going to be going after. you got four par threes. Three of those four are playing 190 to 200 yards, and then uh, there's also a 250-yard par three. Perfect driver. For me, uh, I mean, I could lay that thing soft with that little cut on there. But anyway, uh, 12 par fours. The longest is playing 485. The shortest is 387. For me, looking at stats, course history, we get to talk about that again this week. I think that is important. And one of the I will weigh it uh, a decent amount. I think if you look over time on this course, course history is definitely a factor. Uh, looking at recent form, also fairways gained or uh, driving accuracy. Strokes gained approach, strokes gained around the green. Ball striking is very important here, and then proximity. Uh, A couple of statistical notes that I came up with. Kiz led the field last year in fairways hit. He was second in greens and regulation and second in strokes gained around the green. And of the top 15 last year, 11 were in the top or were in the top 20 in fairways hit. And those that did not do so well hitting fairways that were up in that top 20, they made up for it around the greens and putting. 
Looking at past champs, we had Kiz last year in 2017, Jordan Spieth in 2016. He has a ridiculous course history here, by the way. Chris Kirk in 2015, Adam Scott in 14, and Boo Weekly in 2013. I think that's important to note because he's always known as a great ball striker, and that's something that I'm definitely going to be looking at. Uh, we're not going to talk about weather, but I do think, as always, check back with us on Wednesday, whether it's in the Roto-Grinders chat room or on our Twitter feed, because weather can be a big factor on this course. But I, I, right now, I don't think it's going to be huge. So there you go. Wow, Pat, that was uh, probably one of your better course breakdowns in the last few weeks. You've kind of been you've, you've been a little lackluster, if you ask me. Um, I appreciate that, and I, I tried to bring the heat this time. I'm all about the honest feedback, you know what I mean? Um, but I think you said a couple key things there. Number one, you just mentioned weather. Hey, uh, you know, last week, the PM AM draw had a stroke and a half better, um, you know, 36 holes on Thursday and Friday than the AM PM draw. That's really tough to know or tough to predict or feel confident about when we record this show on Monday nights. So if you are if you are someone who... You know, maybe you're not just like super dialed into this DFS thing, but you're getting into it kind of casually. You need to be tracking us uh, on Twitter and and you need to be subscribing to the Chalk Bomb uh, on Wednesday nights. And if you can join us in the chat room, that's great. But that makes a big difference. And last week was a great example of that. You had a lot of guys who I think were in good form, who played good rounds on Thursday uh, in the morning but then got hit with the windier condition Friday afternoon and a a drier, faster golf course, and they paid the price. Um, So it can make a difference, especially out here in Texas, when winds can play a factor. It doesn't look like, as you mentioned, it's going to be too windy. So I think scores will be be better this week than they were last year um, for this golf tournament, but you definitely want to keep an eye out on Wednesday, that is for sure. So a lot can change there. And I'm glad you mentioned the John Rahm thing because you look over time and historically, it does appear that like guys who can just get it, keep it in the fairway, they don't have to have a lot of length. It, those guys, I think it does tend to work for them. However, I think Rahm did show last week as somebody last year thinking outside the box here and taking certain lines. He likes to play a cut. We know Rahm likes to play a cut. And you mentioned how many of these holes suit a guy who can fade the ball off the tee. If it just fits his eye and he can rip away at it and he feels confident, a bomber can obviously do well. So um, I, I, for that reason, I kind of looked at strokes gained off the tee. You looked at fairways gained. You went more accuracy. I went strokes gained off the tee because I, to, I can pick out the guys who are gaining all those strokes because of distance versus those who are gaining all those strokes because of accuracy and then those in the middle. Um, I agree that strokes gained approach is extremely important and strokes gained around the green. These are small greens. Uh, the iron play is critical. Anytime you got small greens, you got to be able to chip the ball and get it up and down. Uh, and as you mentioned, some of the guys that finished near the top uh, had to uh, ha- had to chip you know chip their way around uh, when they miss these greens. So I think that's important. Uh, you got bent grass surfaces, which we don't see a ton on the PGA Tour. So I did look a little bit at strokes game putting on bent uh, over a long period. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at, and I think we're ready to go, man. Um, you know, you talked about how big a deal course history is. I mean, Jordan Spieth's course history, as you mentioned, is pretty ridiculous. In the last five years, he's had a second, a win, a second, a 14th, and a seventh. He's gained over 55 strokes in the last five years. We watched him play at Trinity Forest. The ball striking looked to be there. He had some 
putting woes yet again. Um, especially Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I watched him on Sunday. It appeared on Sunday he just wasn't getting the breaks. He was just getting a lot of lip outs, and I didn't really see him miss a whole lot of short ones. But uh, I think it's I think it's coming to him. But his strokes gained approach numbers are still pretty off the charts, and obviously he feels comfortable here. I'm in on Jordan Spieth. Um, for me, in this top tier, I'm I'm reversing my strategy from last week. Last week I went really balanced. This week I'm going studs and duds. I like Jordan Spieth. I like Justin Rose, who hasn't played this golf course in about five or six years. And I like Webb Simpson. Um, all three of those guys, I'm willing to pay up here. Um, all three in great form. Obviously, we just saw Webb come off the win. Um, you know, Spieth's trending. Rose is doing okay there. Um, and, and they're all three strokes gained approach studs. Um, all three okay scramblers. Rose's scrambling's been a little off lately, but those are the three guys I'm going to plant my flag on: is Jordan, Rose, and Simpson. All right, what do you think in the what do you think in the ten k? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to to not be on speed this week. I mean, the the guy's just he's checking all the boxes. I mean, it's it, it's a, you, you just can't avoid him. I think you've got to play him. Um, but I, I think Rom is is definitely interesting to me. You look at. Uh, like how he played it last year, and one of the things we didn't mention was it, even on the holes where it was the the that didn't suit him, where there was a right to left dog leg, he just said, "Well, I'll just bombed it over the trees anyway, and still use my fade." So I think that's that's a little bit interesting. I think he he's a guy that typically likes to just attack courses. This is one where when you know you can attack when weather conditions are good, which I think they're going to be. So you know, coming off second last year. I like some Rom. I think you know, and I'm I'm wondering where his ownership is going to be. I'm going to be checking FanShare Sports come Wednesday because I think if you know he's a lower owned guy in this in this over 10k range, I, I really like him then. Um, but I'm with you on Justin Rose. I, I think he's certainly a great fit. You know, ball striking. He's you know checks the box and and drafting scoring. And then Webb is is just what do you? I mean. How do you avoid Webb right now in any week? I mean, he basically is going to check the box across the board, um, is playing incredible, putting well, doing everything he needs to do. And, I mean, he's a guy that, who, I mean, he's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he, he's just, a, he could win every single tournament he steps up at right now. And so I think Webb is, is another one that I certainly will have in a lot of lineups. I, mean, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think this is a great course for him. It's a good track for him. It doesn't reward the distance as strong as other courses do. We know Webb's not long by any means, um, but the iron play has been, you know, tremendous. He's always been a good scrambler, and now the putter's worked out. So I, I think you're right. I mean, he's a great play. Um, for me, Rom and Fowler are two guys who are in the middle of this 150-man field and strokes gained approach over the last two weeks. You know, Ricky misses last cut. Rom finished in the 60s his last event out at the at the Players' Championship. For me, you know, as I'm looking for, you can't play all five of these guys, or at least you shouldn't in GPPs. So that's kind of what made it easy for me is is my you know heaviest weighted stat is strokes gained approach, and those guys are clearly the the, the worst out of this bunch. Um, and then with recent form, I think I'll pass. I mean, obviously, FanshareSports.com is going to have their ownership, and I bet they'll be a little bit lower than the three guys I mentioned. But I'm okay eating the chalk with those top three. Um, but we'll see what Fanshare has them you know has them coming in at. Um, 
you know, come come Wednesday night. And that's really that's really when you need to be checking. We love checking fan share on Wednesday night. It's one of the last things that we do in setting lineups and in that process. And now they've got it to where you can you can see, you know, did they pull the data from a tweet, from an article, from a YouTube video, from a podcast? Um, they've got their own original content. They have form guides. They have a course preview. They have um, the Taking the Pulse article by Logan Harper, something I like reading. He kind of gives you a sense on who's getting talked up and who the popular stacks are for the week and who the pivot plays might be for the week. Um, so it's a must. So if you've, if you've not joined FanshareSports.com yet, you need to. The membership is extremely doable. If you if you actually want to play GPPs and and really try to do well on them, I highly recommend the FanshareSports.com product. It's a it's a good one, and they're going to be with the Tour Junkies all year. We, we're excited about Fanshare, so check it out. Um, into the nine K range, Pat. You've got the you got last week's winner, Aaron Wise, Jimmy Walker, Matt Kuchar, Brooks. Adam Scott and Patrick Cantlay. What are you going to do in the nine K range? You going to have any Aaron Wise this week coming off the win? And the and the friend yeah. zone uh, girlfriend, or we don't know if she's a girlfriend or not. Um, Whatever she, what is she? Uh, we don't know because she just flat out just cucked him right there in the middle of the whole thing. Anyway, you going to have any of him? You know, I don't think I am, and that's that's more just. Sort of a, a thing that I, I just don't tend to take the previous winner from week to week. I mean, if you want to take them, I'm fine with them. I don't see how you could, you know, I can argue against it. Um, obviously, in great recent form, you know, he had the win last week. He was T2 at Wells Fargo. Um, but I, I just, I, I think I'm going to avoid him. I still am going to play some Jimmy Walker, though. I mean, how do you, I mean, this guy, fourth at the Valero, T2 at the Players' Championship, T6 last week. He's gained 40 strokes on the field in his last four events. The uh, like the Masters was his worst finish in the last four events, and that's a that's a, a T20. So I, I think he's he's just hard to avoid. Yes, I know he's playing. This is his third straight straight week playing. We talk about that sometimes, where you know these players could get a little bit tired. But I think he's he's finally back healthy. He's showing that you know he can you know play week in and week out. He's number one in the field in strokes gained around the green. He's number three in strokes gained approach. Also sixth in proximity. I, how do you avoid any of those? So I do like Jimmy Walker at ninety five hundred. Also dropping down, you know, I'm going to skip over Cooch and Kepka. Don't think I'm going to have a whole lot of those two guys, but I do like Adam Scott at ninety one hundred. Um, checks the box for me. He's top 10 in the field in strokes gain approach. He's a great ball striker. He's finally putting a little bit better now that he has that that longer putter. And so I think Adam Scott at 9,100, I'm not going to be afraid of that price. There, there's a lot out there that probably, there are a lot of folks out there that probably want to avoid him just because they, they're, you know, just that kind of a, the way they're thinking about him with his, his putting and everything else. But you know what? I, I think he is. He's finally got it turned around, and so I do like some Adam Scott at 9,100. Yeah, if you've not been paying attention, Adam Scott has gone back to the long putter, and he's you know apparently not anchoring it, although I think it's really hard to tell some of these. It is sometimes. extremely hard to tell. But his putting looked better at Trinity. I, I watched him play on, on the weekend. He looked better. So we'll see. Um, all right, I love Jimmy Walker, but I think I'm fading him this week and you just mentioned uh, you know you don't see how you can fade him uh, I, all right basically i just decided i'm gonna fade him because he's 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 gonna be extremely popular at the price 
Um, it's another Texas tournament. And so I just decided that first, and then I started justifying it further. So bear with me here. Um, we obviously know his struggle with Lyme disease and he's coming back from, from it. And he appears to be right back in, in the swing of things. Why does that always have to come up? This will be his fifth event. Um, uh, yeah, his fifth event in the last seven weeks. Um, I could see a little wear and tear coming. I don't, I'm looking at his strokes gained off the tee numbers. He's not hitting a ton of fairways to me recently. Um, we know that when he does gain strokes off the tee, it's usually distance. He's not going to be able to get away with spraying it on this golf course as much. Um, his putting numbers on bent aren't fantastic. If you look on bent grass, okay, so just on bent grass, uh, over a long period, I looked at like 50 rounds, the last 50 rounds. He's 48th in the field in strokes gained putting on bent, so he's not he's not phenomenal on bent grass. It's not usually a surface that you find in Texas because it's so hot and you have to keep it so watered and wet. I just those are the reasons. I told you that I just decided to fade him first and then I justified it after. But those are the reasons I won't have Jimmy. Um, I'm going to have some Matt Kuchar. I think it's a good week to jump on Cooch, although I will verify with Fanshare before. A lot of people pissed off at him at Trinity for missing the cut. He was outspoken that he didn't like the golf course. He clearly loves Colonial. Um, I mean, gained nearly 30 strokes in the last five years at Colonial. Um, I think Cooch is a good GPP play to hop back on and get him at a slightly lower ownership than we're used to seeing. And I do agree with you on Adam Scott. I think Adam Scott's a good play as well. He's gained about 12 strokes in the last five years here, and he's playing really well. 10th in strokes gained approach, 31st in strokes gained around the green, and the putting seems to be coming around. Uh, so for me, in the 9K, it's going to be Cooch and Adam Scott. You, uh, so obviously you think my, my Jimmy Walker take is stupid. No, I don't. I don't think stupid. I just think that. I mean, one of the things I talked about in the course breakdown was if you're not hitting the fairways, or you you may not, you know, fit the stat category there. If you look at the, by the way, historically, yes, like you look, like I mentioned, Kiz, he was he was number one in the field in in um, you know driving accuracy and that kind of thing. But there are some folks like John Rahm and some others who finished well in this event, but they made up for it around the green you know approach that kind of stuff and that's where jimmy walker falls in he's number one in the field and strokes gained around the green so i think that i'm not as worried about that strokes gained off the t number or that driving accuracy number with with a guy who has shown that he can he can he's blowing it out in those other categories right now which jimmy walker is well i mean but look at him i mean even even relative to the price and where he is on DraftKings at 9500 He's not got a tremendous course history here either. I mean, he had a T10 in 2014, T65 in 2015, and a T29 in 2016. It's not, I mean, it's not crazy for a guy who's $9,500 and who's going to be popular given the form, given the Texas deal. I mean, he's going to be popular. So a little Jimmy Walker debate. I like it. I like it. Um, 8K range, I like a lot of guys here, as you would imagine. I mean, I picked three guys in the 10K, two guys in the 9K, so I like a lot in this 8K range. I'll let you go first so I don't name them all. So who do you like in the 8K? <laughs> well, I think right at the top, actually, and these these three guys, um, well, I don't know. A couple, a couple of them don't have the greatest course history, but I, I like Charles, I like Bryson DeChambeau, and I like Jason Duffner. Um, you look at 
Bryson, he's fifth in, in ball striking. He's fourth in strokes gained approach. He's second in DraftKings scoring. His recent form has been absolutely off the charts, been very good. The only thing, the only X I'll give him is course history. But I think I'm going to give it a pass this week on that because I just, I don't think he's, you know, he's he's a guy I feel like has just made a ton of improvement this year over his last couple years on tour. So I'm okay with the, the lack of course history for him. Completely agree there with the Shamba. Charles Schwartzel. All right, Schwartzel withdrew. Oh. He just withdrew. He did? Yep. When did he announce that? I mean, I don't know when he announced it, but it was on Twitter like an hour ago. So. Oh, okay. Well, then, screw that. Yeah. Um, anyway, I also like Justin Duff. J- God, freaking A. Get get it together, Pat. <laughs> Jason Duffner at 8,700. The guy's been putting extremely well this, this year. He checks a box on ball striking. Um, obviously in good recent form. His uh, his course history minus last year is very good. He's gained almost 19 strokes on the field. He was T6 in 2016, uh, had a second-place finish in 2014. So I, I think Jason Duffner is a great play this week. And you know what? Emiliano Grillo is going to be I, – I think he's going to be the, the popular guy here at 8,600. And, and there's a good reason for that. But I think Duff could be a pretty good pivot play off of Grillo if you want to pivot away from him. And I can't really argue too much against Grillo. He's a guy that, I mean, this is a perfect course fit for him. Uh, checks a box in his recent form, strokes gain approach, also ball striking, and his driving accuracy. So I'm okay with him, but I think Duff might be a good pivot from that from uh, Grillo. All right, so I agree with you completely on DeChambeau. See, I don't think Duffner and and Grillo are going to be pivots at all. And I think Duffner is going to be popular because of the course history. We see that as a big driver in ownership. I think Duffner and Grillo could be similar in ownership. I think the pivot plays here are below that. Um, I think Zach Johnson's a pivot play coming off a T75 at the Players' Championship. Um, yeah, but his course history is pretty good, and he's got a win here. It's too, less than so. it's it's not as good as Jason Duffner's over the last five years. If you look at strokes gained total, well, last five years, yeah, but go back a little bit further, and Zach won here. So I, I feel like people are going to see that and 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 weight that a little bit higher than a guy like Duff. I just think Zach is one of the lower owned guys in this range. I mean, I think he's lower. I bet he's lower owned than Bryson Duffner, Grillo, Hadley. I bet he's lower owned than all those guys. Um. And a guy who, uh, you know, should fit this course profile extremely well. I'm not crazy about the price, but I, I don't I don't mind him. Um, I'm going to have some of him. I like ZJ. I like Hadley. Um, and, and I like Kiz. I think Kisner loves this golf course. He loves it. He's, he's not played great here uh, in the last couple of weeks. He's missed his, his last two cuts. He missed the players in the Wells Fargo. Um, both tournaments that he's played well in before, but he does love this course. One, obviously, defending champ, tied for tenth and sixteen, tied for fifth in twenty fifteen. I just I feel like there's something about this place that Kisner really loves. He loves putting on bent grass. He's number two in this field over the long term in strokes game putting on bent grass surfaces. Um, so I I think this is a good week to get a low owned Kiz at a golf course he loves. Um, and we'll see if he can get hot. So I do like that. And I like Xander Shoffley. 
he's a bomber. He's one of the one of the bombers, but um he's seventh in strokes gain putting on bent. He's sixteenth in strokes gain around the green in this field and the thirty first in strokes gain approach. I, I, I like X Man here. Um you know, made the cut his first time out here last year, finished tied for forty eighth. But uh, I, I think he's uh, I think he's a good option. Finished second at the players, which is a golf course, you know, you would think similar to this. Maybe not as tree lined, but a, a golf course where you gotta you gotta have the right angles in and you gotta you gotta be on your game and you gotta hit your irons well. He finished second at the players a couple weeks ago. And I could see him still being overlooked. So to me, I'm gonna go DeChambeau. I'm probably gonna avoid Duffner and Grillo just for ownership reasons. And then I'm gonna play ZJ, Hadley, Shawfle, and Kiz. And we'll see what Fanshare has to say about ownership come Wednesday night as far as like how I would rank those guys in GPPs. But um, yeah, but there you go. If I were going to play those guys in cash, I would go Hadley and ZJ. I probably feel the best about in cash. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, Hadley is one of those. I, tend, I, I don't know why. I just always feel like I, I want to avoid him because I feel like he's just going to be so popular and everybody's talking about him. But uh, he's hard to avoid with how he's playing lately. I'm I'm with you on Xander. You know I love some kids, and even though he hasn't been playing that great, when he gets on a course that he loves and he feels comfortable on, I think he's a threat every single time. So I, I think at 8100 that's a great price for him. Um, definitely will have some kids in this 8K range. So there you go. Okay. Now we got down this below AK range. This is this is there's a lot to deal with down there. Yeah, there's a whole lot going on here. You got some defending champs. You got some members here in this 7K range. A lot going on. Um, I'll have a, a hefty amount of guys here going studs and duds, but I've also got some 6K guys that I kind of like. So we'll uh, we'll try to narrow this down for you. I will. Uh, I'll I'll kind of start us off at the top. Um, I think it's really tough to avoid Brian Harmon. Given his course history here, he's gained nearly 25 strokes in the last five years. Um, you know, he's he's not playing great since the Heritage. He hasn't played really, really well, but um, but I still like him. I, I like the play. I think he fits up nicely for this golf course. Um, yeah, seventh in strokes game putting on bent. So I think Harmon is definitely in play for me. <clears throat> I like Adam Hadwin a ton here. I like Chris Kirk a lot. I don't like Ryan Palmer. A lot of people are going to talk about Palmer, course histories, and he's a member here, blah, blah, blah. No thanks on Ryan Palmer. I, he's too risky for me. Um, he's, just, he's, just not, he's just not great. So I, I'm going to go, if, if I'm looking at 7,500 and above, I'll tell you the guys who I really like the most. I like Harmon. I like Hadwin. I like Kirk. I really like Cam Smith again at 7,500. That's a really good buy on Cam Smith. I think that's a tremendous value on Cam Smith. Great scrambler, too. Great scrambler, good ball striker. Can play if, if the wind does pick up. He can play it well. Um, I, I think Cam Smith is an easy play. Definitely a cash play for me. But another GPP play down here at 7,500 bucks. He's missed his last two cuts is Brant Snedeker. I think... Oh, and I said it last week, and he kind of burned me, so uh, this this might be it for me. But Snedeker putts well on bent grass. He's scrambling well. He's putting well. His irons haven't been horrible. He needs to, he needs to, he needs to just put it all together. He's really struggled kind of just putting it all together. So I'm going to go with Snedeker, and I also feel like, you know, strokes gained rocking sweet clothing for Brant Snedeker. Do you know what those, that, what that clothing happens to be there, Pat? 
I could guess. What what would you guess? Well, if there's any sweet clothing that I'm going to talk about right now, it's going to be P- Peter Malone. Oh, very nice, Pat. Why are you going to talk about that right now? You like it? You a fan? You know, it's 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 just you know how I am in OCD. I am and all this stuff. Like I don't <laughs> like like bad materials on me, and if if it's just going to ruin my day if I dress in something I don't like. But Peter Millar is just so awesome with the stuff they have. Their shirts, their pants, their shorts, everything has got this great material in it. I don't even know what the material is, but I like it's it. Just, it feels comfortable. Just 100% goodness is what that is. It's just a bunch of goodness. It's great, fantastic. Yeah, and Pat is OCD AF. You, you guys know that. And, and yes, I have seen Pat uh, not be happy with the material that rubs on his body a certain way. Um, and if Peter Millard can get that done for him and Brant Snedeker, then gosh darn it, it's probably good enough for you. And, you know, if you're golfers, you understand who Peter Millar is. You know about the quality, the style, all that kind of stuff. It's great clothing. Right now, um, we're rocking the polos. We've been, we've been on a polo kick for Peter Millar. Uh, they're comfortable. They, they work with Pat. He doesn't get wigged out about it. They're very stylish, which we also know Pat needs a lot of help in the style department. Um, a lot of help. Very easy to take care of. That's what I love about them. You take them out the dryer, you don't ever have to freaking iron them. I just put them on a hanger. And I just hang them up, and then when I go to grab them, they're there. The collar's not jacked up. There's no. It's it's just it's good. It's it's go to clothing whether it's the work, work event, golf course, vacation, whatever. Uh, you'll always have the right look. They're great on the golf course because they also have built in sun protection, Pat. So you can't you can't burn your nips with a Peter Millar shirt, which is really important. That's the last thing you need is burnt nips or you know anything like that. So you just gotta. You got to watch it. And the performance polo from Peter Millar is how you can avoid burning said nips. So uh, right now, all you got to do is head over to PeterMillar.com slash tour junkies. That's PeterMillar.com slash tour junkies. Check out some of our Peter Millar favorites. Be sure to use the link and you will receive complimentary shipping and a free hat to keep your face from being burned because if you had a burn face and burn nips you'd be having a really bad day so that's peter millar m-i-l-l-a-r.com slash tour junkies peter millar.com slash tour junkies and the brant snedeker pick of the week brought to you by peter millar so there you go <laughs> i like Boom. that Boom. save the nips all right pat uh i i, I kind of hammered my favorite guys 7500 and above who you got well, I'm with you on Brian Harmon. I was actually surprised that that you you were on Harmon. I just, you know, based off of kind of his recent form, which hasn't been that great, but I, I do like Harmon. I think this is this is a course he should play extremely well on. I think he's a great GPP play. Um, he's gained 25 strokes in his last four starts. So I'm I'm totally with you on on Brian Harmon. Had one also another guy that I'm I'm with you on. You know, he is the new cut streak. Uh, leader after Kucher missed a cut last week. Did you know that's that? is he now? Yeah, wow. he is. Impressive. And I can't rem- don't ask me to quote that number, but he is he has now uh, made the most consecutive cuts on tour. If I'm wrong, somebody tell me that. But I, don't, I think I'm right. Um, Chris Kirk as well. I was surprised about that. I mean, he's obviously he's won here before. He's got great course history. Looking at recent form, though, I mean, he's made nine of his last ten cuts. He checks a box in ball striking. He's sixth in the field in scrambling. 
checks the box in driving accuracy. So I love some Chris Kirk. Uh, a guy that I think, um, I don't know. Are we going below 7,500 yeah, yet? Yeah. Or are you? Okay. I like some Nick, Nick Watney. Me too. I got, I got Watney circled. I like Watney. Checks the box on driving accuracy. Ball striking. His recent form has been very good. Also, strokes gained approach. I think that's a great price for him at 7,300. I will be all over that guy. You can't you can't ever avoid uh, Kevin Strillman in a, in a course yeah. like this where, you, you know, it's just fairways and greens, tight, short. Uh, he's always a guy. 7,100, I mean, this is just a perfect fit for him. Checks a box in scrambling, ball striking, uh, also proximity. So I do like some streels at 7,100. Down at the bottom, Andrew Putnam, 7,000. Checks a box in driving accuracy, also scrambling, ball striking, and his recent form has been okay. So I, I like some Putnam at the bottom there at 7,000. Uh, Streelman just seems like a misprice. I know he's missed the cut his last two events. He missed the cut at Wells Fargo. That's a big golf course for Streelman. The missed cut at the players was a little surprising to me. Maybe it was just the stage and the the strength of field. But before that, I mean, Streelman was as consistent as ever, and he was a great cut maker at seventy one hundred. That just seems like kind of a misprice to me. So I'll have I'll have a good bit of Streelman, but it will be interesting to see his ownership projection on Fanshare Sports. Um, come Wednesday night. I agree with you on Nick Watney. I like the Watney call. Uh, if, if you watch the tournament late on Sunday, you saw J.J. Spawn. I tweeted about this. J.J. Spawn, we've all kind of liked him at a certain point. He battled a shoulder and elbow injury earlier in the year. He had to take a break, um, didn't play golf for a little bit, came back, played really well this past week at Trinity Forest. We have had tour pros on here talk about J.J. being one of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour. And in a post-round interview yesterday on Sunday, he talked to Amanda Balionis, and she talked to him about how he felt. He said he was feeling good. He was glad to be back out there. And he said, you know, uh, I'm really looking forward to next week. Colonial is a golf course that I love. I feel like it suits my game really well. Uh, and I'm looking forward to playing it, and I'm, I'm in a good spot. And even Amanda said, oh, I hope the fantasy golfers are listening. So I think J.J. at 7,400 is, uh, is interesting. We'll see how much love he gets coming off the good play last week. If he gets too popular, I, I think if, I mean, if he's like 12% or more, I'll probably fade him. Um, if that's the projection, I'll fade him in GPPs. I'm not really interested in that. I'd rather see a, a bigger sample size coming off the injury, but – um, there you go there for, for J.J. I I think Pat Perez at 7,300 is interesting. It just it feels kind of weird. I know he hadn't been playing great, but it just seems cheap for a guy like Pat Perez who could come up and have a good week and end up winning this thing. Um, I think Sam Saunders. Now, we were on Saunders last week, and he burned us, but he was one of those ones I talked about was on the bad end of the draw. He came out Thursday, fired, I think, a six-under on Thursday. Caught the windy conditions on Friday and missed the cut by a stroke or two. And, you know, that might have thrown some people off. But before that, at the Wells Fargo, he finished ninth. You know, I just think Saunders is a guy who, he, he coming off that missed cut, he, he could pop. So I'm looking at Saunders. He's 30th in this field in strokes gained approach. Um, he's in the top third of the field in strokes gained around the green and strokes gained putting on bent grass. I think Saunders is interesting. Um, I think he's an interesting play. So in the 7K, that's it for me. Anybody else in the 7K for you? We ready to get to scrubs? That's all I got. That's all I got. I don't have a ton of scrubs, but uh, I got a couple. 
All right. Um, I have mainly two. Uh, yeah, I got two. 6,700. I think Stuart Sink is mispriced. 23rd in the field in the last 12 rounds in strokes gained approach. Um, we know he's accurate. Form has been a little a little less than stellar. Miscut, 72nd, miscut. But finished 42nd at the Heritage, which is a similar golf course at Harbortown. So I think Sink is interesting at 67. And then I think Wesley Bryan is an interesting play. Finished 48th here last year. Obviously in pretty bad form. Like Sink, has missed every cut since the Heritage, but finished 42nd at the Heritage. He took, uh, he took last week off. He was here in Augusta playing some practice rounds, playing a lot of golf. I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm not saying I feel great about it. I would not play anybody here in cash, but um, I feel like Wesley Bryan, he loves, to, he loves to hit that little cut, that little butter cut. He's an accurate player. He can putt well. Um, at the minimum price for a PGA Tour winner who's had okay tournaments here this year, I don't know. I just kind of like it. So those are really the two that I like here in this range. Now I can't I can't argue with you there. Um, mine are more of the higher end of this range, and I'll start with Ben Crane at sixty nine hundred on DraftKings. I like him. He's top ten in the field in fairways gained, uh, so driving accuracy, checks the box, and strokes gained approach and strokes gained around the green. Also proximity. Um, you, you look at recent form i mean he was t53 at the byron nelson but he had a top 15 finish at the the valero texas open uh so i think that you know he's a guy you know when you're going under 7k you're reaching a little bit but i don't think he's too far of a reach um you know he's um he's been okay here in the past he's made his last two cuts he was t29 here in 2016 so i do like ben crane at 6900 chris stroud just below him at 6900 is also i think a pretty decent pick he's gained 22 and a half strokes on the field in his last five times playing here and three of those were top 15 finishes that's that's pretty incredible for a guy who's He's below 7K. We saw him compete and and do well at the PGA Championship last year. So I do like some Stroud um, this week based off of that course history, which I think is a is a big thing as we talked about before. So other than that, I, that's that's really all I got here below 7K. All right, that sounds good. We got to hit one and done, Pat. Now I actually had a decent one and done last week with Jimmy Walker. Finished sixth. That's my highest. I think that's my highest finish of the year for one and done. I'm still way behind everyone, but the momentum is there. The momentum is there. Who is your one and done pick for uh, for the week? My one and done is going to be a guy who always frustrates me, but I like him this week. And I think that he could win here, and I think, or he's probably going to miss a cut because you know how our one and dones go. But I'm going to take some Bryson DeChambeau. Interesting. Is, okay, is my one and done this week. Hmm. I don't mind that play. I was kind of looking at that. Um, I think I'm going to get this guy while at least some things are clicking, and he has a little momentum with the flat stick coming off of last week. This is scary, but I'm going to take Adam Scott. I don't, Boom. I don't see myself using him <laughs> without like substantial form that I see coming in. And like I said, at least right now, the ball striking is as good as Adam Scott can be. 
He just needs the flat stick to get hot. Um, so I'm gonna roll with Adam Scott and one and done. But I do like the DeChambeau play. I don't. I don't mind that play. I appreciate that. All right, so I think that about does it. So you guys be sure and uh, do all the things we told you to do in the podcast. And as always, may your screens be green. See ya! Oh! Till the tears run down from my eyes, Lord, somebody, ooh, somebody, can anybody find me? Alexa, play hits from Queen. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.